I'm really excited about, I'm excited about the theme, about the whisper of God. I love the fact that God talks. Do you think it's an unbelievable privilege that God, the creator of the universe, would talk to us personally? I think that's incredible. And um, we're going to be talking about dreams uh, tonight. And the sort of the, really the strategy around it for this evening is that I read a book by Peter Robertson, a little tiny book called Dreaming of Revival. And I have given away and lost six copies of that book. And the last person I gave Dreaming of Revival to is sitting at the back there. Hi there, Naga, how are you going? No, no, in all seriousness, he actually, he actually returned it to me. And then I lost it. So that is the real truth. Um, but I believe it's around somewhere. But the reason I say that is that, has anybody read um, the, that little book by Peter Robertson called Dreaming of Revival? Come on, Naga, you got, surely you've got to put up your hand. What did I lend it to you for? Um, and <laughs> there's the truth there. The hand didn't go up. Um, sorry, mate. You know, this is just to make sure you feel really at home to come back from India. Yeah, make you, you know. And, uh, and, uh, but anyway, I read this book, and, and Dreaming of Revival is, is essentially a whole bunch of diary entries of Peter Robertson, who's a prophetic friend of ours. He lives in Auckland. He now basically has claimed the calling to be a person of prayer. He's now said he doesn't want to preach. Um, although I did see him just this week, just gone. And he said the last move, the last great move, the move that we're stepping into is going to be run on divine appointments. So he basically said, if I do preach, I might not let you know I'm coming. <laughs> hey, how many know that that is a meeting you want to be in when he just, you know, and uh, so I said, no, that's fine. You just walk into the front of Hope Center with your Bible in one hand, and the receipt for your airfare in the other, and we will, we will look after you. And he said, who needs a plane? But anyway, <laughs> he's next level. Um, but anyway, I read his book, and his book is a, is a small book with a whole lot of diary entries of some incredible heavenly dreams. And I finished the book, and went to sleep, and I, have, and I immediately started having God dreams. Not every night, but that first night, I had a God dream. And, and it's like, accidentally, I walked into a room and have never been able to leave. And I love it when God speaks to us in dreams. You know, the thing about the voice of God is sometimes we can miss it. Sometimes we can miss it. You know, Samuel was a little boy in the, in the Bible and God spoke to him, whether it was audibly or semi-audibly, called his name and he thought it was Eli and he went running and Eli said, no, I didn't call you, go back to bed. And again, God called him. See, sometimes we can miss the voice of God, but as we tune in our frequency, um, you know, we, we get to pick up. 
the voice of God and the fact that God is, uh, is speaking to us. And so my plan for, for today is basically to say, God, I don't quite know how I got into this room, but can you get us a bunch of more people in and can you then take us up to next level dreams? Um, I mean, next level dreams is, is stuff like Rick Joyner told me he had, a, sorry, he didn't tell me, he, he, he preached a message. Yeah, good old Rick gave me a call. And uh, <clears throat> he, I was listening to a message and he was talking about how he had a dream of an uh, American Indian girl uh, in his bed. And he woke up and he's sort of like, oh, that can't be a God dream. I'm dreaming of another woman in my bed. And he, he got up to make himself um, a drink. And it's like middle of the night. And he walks past the phone in his kitchen. He walks past the phone. As soon as he walks past the phone, the phone rings. So he picks it up. It's like middle of the night. And it's another prophet called Bob Jones. And he says, I've been looking at your dream. <laughs> he says, don't worry. He said, the American, uh, the American Indian woman is the fact that God wants to get your heart closer to the people of the land. Don't you love that? I mean, that's what you call next level. It's one thing to have a dream. It's another thing to be looking at somebody else's dream in the middle of the night and you know they're walking past the telephone. <laughs> so how many of you know, no matter how prophetic you are, we can go to the next level. And, uh, and, and, and look, I think in this move that we are stepping into, how many of you sense there's a rising tide? There's just a bubbling of stuff. It is coming up on every gift. I mean, the prophetic is rising. The pastoral is rising. The evangelists, come on, evangelists. The evangelists are rising. The apostles are Anyway, I'm going to stop preaching because we're back to this. Um, I want to, so my strategy is this. I want to share and talk about dreams. But as we do, I believe we're just stirring the pot of the prophetic in your life. And that every one of us walk out of here sharper. Uh, you know, Acts 2.17 we talked about. It says, in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all people. So the Holy Spirit wants to pour His spirit out. And then it says, as the Holy Spirit, who is also known as the spirit of wisdom and revelation... As He's poured out in our lives, revelation comes alive on the inside of us. I tell you, we were all, we were all built for revelation. Amen. We are spirit beings that are naturally able to discern, to pick up things, to be in touch with God, to have insights and understanding. It is natural. And then we kind of get trained out of it. You know, I mentioned about my daughter, Krista. She's prophetic. But when she was young, she was super prophetic. But she was completely naive that she was really being prophetic. She was just being prophetic. Do you know what I mean? She would be playing with her toys and she would say, Granddad. And we'd look up. There's no granddad. Fifteen minutes later, granddad would drive up the driveway and park. And, uh, and there was another time we were selling our house. And she didn't want to come. So we'd seen a house. We'd put an offer on it, been accepted. So we told her, we're, you know, we're, we're selling this house. That house is a better house. And she was saying she didn't want to leave. She didn't want to go to the other house. We said, oh, it's a great house. It's a better house. No, 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 I don't want to leave this house. One day she walked in and she said, I don't mind going to the new house now. 
And we said, why? What changed your mind? She said, oh, Jesus told me I can take my toys with me. She thought when you sell the house, you sell the furniture, the toys, the clothes, the whole. That's what her little mind was worrying about. She didn't care about the building. She was caring about her toys. Jesus told her, it's okay. You're going to take the toys. We're so, there's, there's a naturally prophetic thing that we have. And, um, and, and I think that it's about reclaiming that natural prophetic. Having a dream doesn't mean that you're super spiritual. Having a dream from God, because... Because the Bible talks about complete heathens who had God dreams. Okay, Nebuchadnezzar had a God dream, and uh, you know, and he got so wild he was he was basically saying he was going to exterminate a bunch of people if they couldn't interpret his dream. He was really passionate about it. A Pharaoh had a God dream, and um, you know, but we also see God dreams comes from a whole bunch of. Um, you know, uh, there's so many results that come out of a dream from heaven. One is wealth creation. You know, when Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dream, it, it meant incredible wealth for the nation of Egypt. I'll tell you, he was able to foretell the weather for the next 14 years by interpreting a dream. If, if you could predict the economy for the next 14 years. You could make money on the currency market, on all sorts of different areas. You could. There's incredible wealth creation that, that can come with dreams, and that's exactly what happened to the land of Egypt. Incredible wealth. Um, there's, of course, protection, direction. Joseph and Mary were warned about Herod and told to escape to Egypt in a dream. And then they're in Egypt and they had another dream saying, hey, it's safe to come back again. So uh, dreams can, can be protective. You can have geo-prophetic political dreams like Daniel, who had the most incredible dream and then interpreted it of the statue and it, a gold head and, you know, all of the different. And he basically interpreted that there was these kingdoms that were coming that were going to be major kingdoms and empires on the earth. Um, and, you know, liberal theologians for many years said those dreams were so prophetic that they couldn't have been written when they were written. They said because it basically outlines the Babylonian and the, uh, I think it's the Persian and then there's the Greek and there's the Roman and eventually Jesus comes, is, is what Daniel said. And people saying, oh, no, no, no. Somebody added that in after Jesus. They added it in after all those empires. And then, of course, the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered. And they realized, oh, it's in the Dead Sea Scrolls. God is an amazing, prophetic, uh, you know. He, and sometimes, don't you wonder, why? Why does God want to? Sometimes God just wants to talk to us because He just wants to be God. I mean, Daniel's going to live this long, but God wants to tell him about all of these empires that are coming. Don't you think that's just incredible? It's because you hang out with God. He wants to talk about some fascinating things. Okay, so some dreams uh, that uh, I would categorize, and as we talk about these, my prayer is it would be like reading the, the little book by Peter Robertson that you'll accidentally step into Dreams, if you're not a, someone who experiences God dreams. And if you are, we'll go to the next level. Amen? 
calling dreams. So we're here partly because we had a dream. And uh, we'd been asked and invited to come here. And then uh, one of the key factors of us coming was that I had a dream that Jody and me were in the TSB arena in Wellington. And we were up in the, you know, in the bleachers and in some event. And then the MC got on the stage in the TSB arena and said, coming up soon, Paul and Jody Saunders have got a great opportunity. And when I woke up, I was like, uh-oh. The TSB arena, I know where that is. I mean, that is in the Wellington region. And so, uh, you know, and so it was one of the factors where God was talking to us. See, God can bring you a calling through dreams. And uh, I, had a, I had a really strong dream. Now, you know, I talked a little bit this morning about how you discern between a, a God dream and just a dream. Because, you know, we all dream dreams, right? We they say that you dream every night. So not every dream you have. Sometimes it's your, your mind and different things and processing the day and all sorts of stuff like that. But you can discern a God dream is by the strength of it. So if you can't remember it, it's not a God dream. If you wake up and go, oh, there's this vague, I had a dream. It's not a God dream. But if it marks you, if, it, if, it, if it's stronger, if it's more vivid, if it leaves an impression on you, that is the hallmarks of a God dream. Give us, give us a wave if you can kind of relate to that. Yeah? Don't you love that? Look at this. That's the most incredible thing, that God would be talking by dreams, and we're recognizing it's God. I find it the most unbelievable privilege. I really do. Um, I had this really strong dream before I became a youth pastor. So I was, um, I was at my place, and I was asleep, as you can imagine, because it was a dream. And, um, and the dream was of these five or six little tiny chicks, like little birds, on the lawn. And in the middle, and there were sort of like five or six of these innocent little chicks. And then there was a cat that was hissing at them and looking like they were about to strike. Now, I woke up, and that's not like such a profound dream, but I woke up, and I was so impacted by this dream. I knew it was a dream, but I still went outside in the middle of the night just to check <laughs> that there wasn't any little chicks and, you know, and a cat and all that stuff. Because, you know, it, it, it hits you so hard that you know, oh, it's just a dream, but I just want to check. And I come back, and I realize that God was showing me that this youth group was like innocent little chicks that were going to get taken apart. And he was looking for someone to have that heart to say, hey, I'll protect you. It was a youth group that had been decimated. And that was really was a significant part of my call to be a youth pastor. And, and I loved it when I was there. So God can call you in dreams. God can give you some dreams that I call information dreams. Just information. Um, when, I was, when I moved to Nelson in one week, not the first week, but when I went to Nelson, in one week, God gave me three God dreams about three different pastors in Nelson. And it was basically just information. It was just like, hey, I'm going to save you a lot of time. He gave me a dream about the Elam pastor. 
He's really an evangelist. All right, cool. Thanks for that, Lord. I got a dream about a Baptist pastor, about the fire he was wanting to release in his church. And the third one was of, of another pastor. And I won't say the church just in case anything gets recorded. But basically, the dream was that he, be careful what you share with him. All right? So that, that was essentially what the dream was. Okay? Be careful what you share with him. And, uh, and all, I met all of these three pastors. And all those three dreams were absolutely right about who they were. And you think, wow, that's just information. And uh, don't you love it when it's just information? I love it when the dream, and you ask, God, well, why? I came here to Wellington. I had a dream um, about John Cameron, actually, about the Arise Church. And um, in my dream, John was really, really tired. And I think it was just information to say, look, pray for him, because he was super tired. And later on, we found out from some friends that he was um, having to take a break or having... having um, a little bit of burnout or something like that is what they called it. Um, and you go, wow, Lord, I just love the fact that you just want to. See, sometimes God gives you information. And it's not for me to talk to John. It's about me to talk to God about John. And he's just saying, hey, I just got giving you some information and I want you to pray about it. I had a dream um, last year and I was standing and I don't know him very well at all. But it was about a pastor called Paul DeYoung in uh, Life Church in Auckland. And I woke up and I said to Jody, oh, I had this very short dream. And I was looking at the back of Paul DeYoung's head and I could see there was a growth. And so I said to Jody, oh, I had this dream about Paul DeYoung. And literally in the next week, they announced that he was now fighting uh, some, some growth and some cancers and some potential you know, serious situations. And, and I just go, wow, Lord, I love that you just talk. And sometimes, you know, Amos 3 verse 7, I love this verse. It says this, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless He reveals His secret to His servants, the prophets. In other words, God is just, He wants to do something and He just wants to talk about it. He's like a woman. He just wants to talk about it. Before He does it, He wants to talk about it, you know. Yeah, I can say that because Jody's in Nelson. Do you think I would have said that if she was there? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would be on my good behavior. But uh, it's recorded. Oh, no, no, no. Delete, delete. Um, surely the Lord God does nothing unless He reveals His secret to His servants, the prophets. Don't you think it's an incredible thing that God would be looking around? God, I just want to tell somebody something. And he goes, hey, you, I'm going to pick you. I want to tell you about something I've been thinking about. And you go, what's it to do with me? Nothing. I just wanted to talk to you. Don't you think that is an unbelievable, is anybody here think that's an unbelievable privilege that God would just say, I just want to talk to you. So, um, so there's that. And uh, I'll share a few different dreams. I'll share, share a little bit of some key lessons that I've learned in the journey of dreams. I'm not an expert, uh, but I'll share what I have. And then I think it'll be great for us to just pray and say, Lord, release revelation and dreams. In fact, what we, if, if you haven't received a God dream, what we just need to believe for is one. You don't need to say, oh, God, I want a whole bunch of God dreams. You just believe God for one. Because if you are faithful with little, God will give you more. 
And all we need to do is believe God for one. So we'll believe God. If you've never had a God dream, for one God dream in a month. Like this month. Like, I don't want to say this month, but like in a month's time. And, um, and that will open a door for you. Um, encounter dreams. Now, I wish I had more of these. The, the little book that I was reading with Peter Robertson was full of encounter dreams where he would wake up and he's crying and, in, and encountering a Holy Spirit meeting or uh, you know, all sorts of encounter. And I wish I had more encounter dreams. But I had an, an, it was kind of a fun encounter. It felt like an encounter. I've had a couple of these ones where uh, in this particular one, I was, you know, I was brought up in India. And in, in this dream, I was in like a, like sort of a, 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 a village setting in India. And there was a man there with a turban. And the Indian music was starting. And people started dancing. And he came across to me. And he just started doing the Bollywood style dancing. And I'm going to show you what that looks like. Because Naga has agreed. <laughs> Uh, to, to come forward and do it. Oh, put your hands together for Naga. <laughs> it's all right, Naga. It's all right. Um, and he started, he started jumping and he started. And in the dream, I get up and I start just jumping and twirling and doing all the moves the Indian did. And he was, and I tell you, and then I, and, and in the dream, he had been introduced to me as Raja. And when I wake up, I tell you, I was exploding with joy. Just unbelievable happiness and joy. And I thought, Raja. And you know, Raja means king. And I felt like I had an encounter with the king, disguised like someone who looks like Naga. <laughs> <laughs> with a turban on and everything. And you know, the Bible says that he, he rejoices over us with singing and with dancing. And he's, he just, and oh, I tell you, when I woke up, I was exploding with that sense, that encounter of dancing with the Indian king. And um, so there's encounter dreams that I want to believe God for, for you encounter dreams, uh, instructional dreams. See, sometimes when we think dreams, we just think it's, it's foretelling something. But a dream is just God talking in a creative way. And He could actually talk about the past to help you unpack it. He could talk about the future. He could just talk about stuff that's on His heart. But instructional dreams. I had two dreams around COVID. The first one was early. It was sort of pre-COVID. Pre and it was about uh, an upcoming storm and people were grabbing nets, fishing nets and all this sort of stuff. And, just, and so I remember telling people about this dream. My sense of interpretation was wrong. My sense of interpretation was there's coming a great harvest. We need to grab the nets, right? And, uh, and then when, when COVID hit, I know that Sue Brain turned to me and she said, this is that fishing net dream. It's for, it's for now. And it wasn't about catching the, the fish, the evangelist. It was about 
working frantically fast to network, to keep people, to pastor people, to stay people connected. And, 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 and basically it shaped how we began to respond to it with people like Nat and others helping us just get creative to do what we could do when everything was disrupted to be. It's all about trying to keep people connected and, and have the, net, and the network working. And so it was an instructional dream and it came early, but it helped us to respond passionately to that. And the second COVID dream was, as it was starting to break out in Wuhan, was it? Is it? Um, so we had heard of COVID, but it hadn't become an international thing. I had two dreams, or I would say two dreams in one night. So two-part dream. And it was about a, a killer, about a dangerous person in a basement. But what he was doing is he was enjoying binding, particularly the old people. In, in, the, in the dream, there was these old people that were bound and he was enjoying the fear that he was inducing as I was walking through this basement of this, of this killer's house. And, um, but the cool thing about the dream is that, that in the dream, we slayed him with a sword. <laughs> so I, so in the in the dream, it was quite a fun one of those action ones that I find all of a sudden I had a sword in my hand, and I literally went in the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> and the funny thing is that he was he was well and truly dead. And then the second dream that came in, he was there again. <laughs> so when we had like the whole first COVID thing, and then suddenly, oh, here it is again. You know, I was like, okay, that's the two part. And it was instructional. It, it, it let me know it is demonic. Let me know uh, we can fight it with faith. Uh, you know, and, and, and just instructed me in terms of how we can respond to it. So, uh, and then some prophetic dreams. So this is um, last year I went to see my dad. Now, some of you may not know, my dad passed away last year. And uh, we went up as a whole family up to Auckland, do some ministry up there. We got to see Dad, had a couple of days with him. He was, he was fine. He was doing okay. And after we had a wonderful time with him, we then had a couple of days in Pawanui at my elder brother's batch. And so we drove to Pawanui, and I went to sleep, and I had a dream. And in the dream, I saw my dad sitting up in bed, and I saw my mom sitting on the end of the bed. Now, my mom's been in heaven for a long time. And uh, she was sitting on the end of the bed, and Dad was saying to her impatiently, come on, let's go, let's go, like, like what's, you know, let's go. And I woke up and thought, whoa, I don't like the sound of that dream. <laughs> and I knew that God was talking to me, that he wanted to go home. And so I said to Jody, hey, this is the dream I've had. I don't want to agree with it, because I don't want to be a double-minded man. And I've already been praying that he would live into his 90s. He's not quite there. So I'm not going to agree with the dream. But <laughs> if he does get unwell, uh, you know. And sure enough, pretty soon after that, he started to get a little bit unwell. COVID was happening, so nobody could visit him. My elder brother rang him up and said, hey, we're not allowed to come in, but, but maybe we'll come in, in a couple, uh, we'll come in next week. He said, next week? I'll be dead next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
and um, you know, sometimes people have knowledge, right? And uh, and so and so, um, my brother rang up the rest home and said, "Look, this is an end of life situation." They said, "Oh, if it's end of life, you can come in." And we were laughing because we didn't actually think it was end of life, and it was. And uh, but the cool thing is that God just wanted me to know, "Hey, that weekend, you won't see him again. He wants to go home. You won't see him on this world." But you'll see him in the next one. And, uh, and so we go, hey, wow. And so I just, I love the fact that God says, I want to prepare you for something. And um, isn't that cool? Okay, so here's like, some key little lessons that I've learned. Um, there, there are books on dream interpretation and all of that. And I recommend you read those things. So this is not a teaching. This is just uh, a sense of trying to stir the dream pot for you. Okay, key lessons, write it down. First lesson about dreams. If you are faithful, you will have more. So therefore, if you get a God dream, write it down. Have a journal. This is my, my current dream journal here. You write it down. Leave a page for an interpretation because you want to be faithful with the dream to try to figure out what it means, why God's talking. And so, uh, so write it down. But also when you write it down, think about the feeling that you have when you come out of the dream. You might have a feeling of joy or peace or faith. Uh, you might get a concern for something or someone. God gives us things sometimes, uh, you know, for, for other people. And so sometimes we can wake up with, with a concern. Okay, so you write it down. You write down the feeling that you had. Be faithful to pray about it and seek to interpret it. And I have found this every single time. When I know this, there's been a, a chunky gap of not having a God dream. I always, always find it's because I wasn't paying much attention to the last one. And it always works like this. I go back into my dream journal and I find out what was the last dream I had. And either I didn't bother interpreting it or I interpret it wrong. There's something that God wants to catch my attention. And several times, as soon as I've gone back to that dream, read it, looked at it from a fresh angle, prayed about it, that night, I have another God dream. So just a couple of months ago, Ryan Harrison messaged me, say, hey, how's your God dreams? I thought, huh, I haven't had one for a while. So I went back, looked at what my last one was, looked at it from a fresh angle, and that night I had, an, had another one. God is amazingly faithful. So if you're faithful, He will give you more. Uh, okay, principle number three. Don't try to interpret a dream if you're not sure it's from God. Because I, I've seen people struggling to try to interpret dreams, but they're not even God dreams, and they just get confused because there is no interpretation. It's just a dream of your brain. So don't try to interpret dreams if you're not actually sure that they're from God. You just get confused. Number four, demonic dreams. You can have demonic dreams. You can recognize it because you'll feel slimed. You'll feel fearful. You'll come out of them feeling defiled in some way. And so... Sometimes if you have a prophetic edge, you can be open to some demonic um, 
dreams, and, but you have the authority in Jesus just to rebuke them and cut them off and cut off any seeds that are being planted in you and just say, Lord, I break it, I, I, I cut it off. And so, you, um, so if you have that fear and that slimy sense of a demonic dream or if it really has content that clearly is not from God, you can cut it off. Um, some little keys on interpretation. What does a thing mean to you? So in a dream, in a dream, you might have a dream, let's say, for instance, of a dog. Now, for one person, a dog could be like a close companion, a sense of friendship and, you know, loyalty. For somebody else, a dog could be a fearful thing. So a dog doesn't mean one thing to everyone. It may, but what does that an object mean to you? God will speak to what it means through you. Similarly with people. So if you have a person in your dream, it doesn't mean the dream is for that person. So like, let's just say you have a dream of Enrico. It, 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 it doesn't mean... <laughs> it doesn't mean that you have to say, hey, Enrico, here's a dream for you. So I've had four dreams about Phil Pringle. Four dreams about Phil Pringle, but, but none of the dreams was for me to send a message to Phil Pringle. It was like, what is? When I think, what is Phil Pringle? He's a pastor. He's a leader. He's a revivalist. He's a Pentecostal. And so I realized that God is speaking through pictures. Does that kind of make sense to you? Um, vehicles can often mean a sense of direction in your life or in your ministry. You may have, uh, you may have a dream about uh, a motor, motorbike or a, or a car or a boat that's moving it often. That will be a picture of your life and your calling. Um, and uh, so there's just some, some, some things that help you with sort of figuring it out. Um, and, and, and double dreams, double dreams, so you dream the exact same dream again or twice in the same night. The Bible tells us that, what that means. Genesis 41, 32, Joseph said to Pharaoh, the, the reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided and God will do it soon. So a matter is firmly decided, God will do it soon. Not all dreams are set in concrete. God gave Nebuchadnezzar a dream and the interpretation was really the judgment was coming. And so what Daniel said was, he said, my advice to you is you should repent so that this doesn't happen to you. God gave him 12 months and he didn't. And then he got, he got judged. So a dream doesn't always mean it's set in stone. God can, can, can warn us and then we can, we can change. So, uh, and then the key thing, really, in terms of dreams is Ephesians 1. Wisdom and revelation. The revelation sometimes is the easy part. The wisdom is to figure out, what do I do with this? What do I do with it? I've got to tell you, at least 50% of my interpretations were wrong. <laughs> at least 50%. Because I look at them, I go back, and um, but, the, but the cool thing is that we just have to keep growing and understanding how we can interpret something, being faithful with it. And um, 
I had, as I said, I had four dreams about Phil Pringle. Two was for me, and two I completely misinterpreted. Didn't make too much sense, but I tried my best. Two years later, I joined a church on staff, and I found out that church had been in discussions to connect with Phil Pringle. And I looked back at the dream from two years before, and all that information was in the dream, and yet I never had anything to do with that church. Isn't that cool? It didn't make any sense, but two years later, I said, hey, this is the dream I had. And they looked at that, and they said, that's exactly what was happening in our discussions with C3 and with our church. That's exactly what was happening. Isn't that cool? You go, why, Lord? Well, because in two years' time, I want to show off. And two years, I want to see, I know the end from the beginning. And I just want you to know, I know that you're here now, but then you're going to be there. And so because you're going to be there, I'm going to talk to you about it here. And you're not going to know what it means here. But when you go there, you're going to understand what it means. And you go, you're God. Wow. (laughs) You're pretty smart. (laughs) Len Butner says he goes to bed and he prays, speak, Lord, for your servant listens. And I reckon we should pray that. Amen. So I want to close with this. We get the band to just start coming. And Ephesians 1, it says this. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Oh, Lord, that we would have the wisdom to know what to do with the revelation. So now I had a dream. I, I can't tell you the person, but most of you here would probably know this person um, they're not in Hope Center any, anymore, but I had a dream. And I was sitting down with Seth, Peter Robertson, this person, and someone else that I've never met. And I was having a, we were having a discussion, and this one person I didn't know in the dream was saying, was criti- criticizing the revival culture of Hope Center. And I thought it was sort of an odd dream. I tried to figure out, Lord, what does it mean? I can't discern it. I I couldn't interpret it. And then this person who is a part of Hope Center but not anymore called me up and said, hey, I'd like to have a cup of coffee with you. And said, look, I'm leaving the church. And the amazing thing was that the reason that he gave was about his struggle with the revival culture. And I realized you see there that God was speaking to me, but I hadn't picked up what He wanted me to do with it. Maybe I just needed to pray, or maybe there's a deeper understanding that I could have, that I could have had. My best friend, I had a dream, and I walked into his bedroom in the dream. And I was like, hey, Chris. And he sat up in bed. And then the sheets were moving. And I was like, oh, sorry, I didn't know your wife was there. And somebody else popped out. (laughs) And that was the end of the dream. And I thought, okay. So I got on the phone. I was like, hey, uh, you want to get together for coffee? We couldn't work our schedules. And I didn't have the wisdom. I didn't have the assurance that it was a God thing. I didn't probably push it. And in a few weeks' time, 
marriage was over and somebody else was in his life. And, and so I, I tell you, God's a God of revelation, but sometimes I say, Lord, I just need more of the wisdom to know what to do with the revelation. And God never gives us anything to have over people, to criticize people, because the heart of the Spirit of God is always love. And when we have love, you know, the Bible says, you know, you, you, you can have mysteries, you can have prophetic insights, you can have prophetic declarations, but if you don't have love, you're nothing more than just a clanging bell. If God gives us anything, it's not to point the finger, but it's to pray, it's to have love. And so I think that's why Paul constantly said, I keep praying for the Ephesian church that God would fill you with the spirit of revelation and with the spirit of wisdom that you would know what to do with the dream, with the revelation. I believe the Holy Spirit just stirring that. Why don't you stand on your feet and let's just stir that right now in the Spirit and say, Lord, ah, Spirit of wisdom and revelation. Oh, Holy Spirit, more revelation, more wisdom. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Lord, the strategy for tonight was to tell stories so suddenly a door opens and we find ourselves wandering into a room and never leaving. A room where something opens up over our lives and there's a, a greater measure of the revelation of heaven whispering over our world through dreams and through visions. We thank you, Holy Spirit, there's so much more that you're wanting to say that we've picked up, but Lord, we ask you that you would speak for your servant is listening. Speak when we sleep and our head is on the pillow. Speak in your creative way. Speak about the things that you're wanting to talk about. It could be big things, it could be small things, but Holy Spirit, we just welcome your grace, your Spirit, Holy Spirit. You are the Spirit of revelation. <laughs> Filled with revelation. In the last days I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. And oh, your sons and your daughters and your young people and your old people, they're going to have visions, they're going to have dreams. And we just say, Holy Spirit, bring it on more and more. And more, the things you want to talk to us, impart into us, not just for information, but for impartation in the night. Lord, that we would have encounter dreams, that we would encounter your love, encounter your power, encounter the gifts of the Spirit. Why don't just lift your hands where you are? I'm going to pray. That if you are someone who knows what it is to have God dreams. And I pray, Lord God, for an increase of the sharpness 
an increase of the discernment and the wisdom to, to know what to do with the God dreams from heaven. God dreams. God dreams. God dreams. More God dreams. More God dreams. More God dreams. More God dreams. More, more, more. And Lord, wisdom and accuracy and clarity. Thank you, Lord, that you are you're cleaning the windscreen of our spirit. So there's going to be a greater clarity, Lord. You're cleaning the windscreen so we can see clearer. We thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we might know you better. That the eyes of our heart may be enlightened. That our spirit may be enlightened. That our eyes are open. We say more God dreams and visions. God dreams and God visions. There's someone here and you're used to having God dreams, but God wants to give you a vision, which is just while you're awake, but you're starting to have a dream. As I was praying into this meeting, I was getting hot, hot, hot ears. And then when I was in worship, I was getting hot, hot, hot lips. You can call me hot lips. And, uh, and Lord, we want to thank you that you are touching ears with the, 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 the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. You're touching ears that we would hear. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Oh, deafness come out in the name of Jesus. Spiritual deafness come out in the name of Jesus. Spiritual deafness go in Jesus' name. Blindness loose them. Blindness, loose them. Why don't you place your hand on, on, on your eyes and let's just release a fresh grace to see. Oh, to see at night, but also to see in the day. Oh, to discern, to see things, says the Spirit of the Lord. For I've opened your eyes that you would see, not just in the night, but also in the day, that you would see that which is over people, over homes, over businesses, over cities. Rovende mashoko bratinde. And Spirit of God, we release sight. Spiritual sight. Oh, the wisdom to discern that which you see. Shobrende makila mazoba rashtile marende kalesa. Oh, Holy Spirit. So we rebuke blindness. Father, we, we come against every demonic image that our eyes have looked upon, every idolatry, everything that is burnt has affected a spiritual sight in the name of Jesus. We curse that. We rebuke that. And Father, we release a healing on spiritual eyes from looking at that which has affected in the negative. In the name of Jesus, we release spiritual sight. Without breaking this sort of sense of where you are, why don't you reach just across to the person next to you. Just stay on receive mode, but just reach out and say, God, 
move with revelation, move with move move with insight, move in dreams, move in visions. Sore la la mashukarinde harashikate masobaro fila handende rikinde masika bazoba rasinde karanda mashobaratinde. And I speak strength into your spirit, into your spirit, for it is not your mind that shall receive or shall understand, says the Spirit of the Lord, but it is your spirit that shall receive and your spirit that shall discern. It is not your mind that shall discern or understand, but it is first your spirit. Somebody needs to hear that. God says to you, I'm speaking first into your spirit. And your spirit will inform your mind of a revelation and of a meaning of an insight. Shobrinde, it is not the other way around. Shobre la makila masoko. And I speak strength and right order into your spirit, that your spirit will rise up and take the lead and not your head. In Jesus' name. Shobre la makila mahai. Rosa brinde makila. Jebre la harande. We want to believe for every person who's never had a God dream. Ha, we, want to have, we want to believe for one God dream in the next month. And if that's, if that's you, if you've not had a God dream and you say, I'm in on that, then can, can you come forward? And we want to pray for you. We want to release the prayer team as well to pray. And we want to stand and pray for just one dream. We say, God, we want one God dream. Come on. Who's, who does that? Who does that? talk to that we say yes God we're believing you for one God dream in the next month Holy Spirit Holy Spirit just just come right right on through down the front guys so we just know who we're praying for and uh, we'll also bring uh, we'll also bring the prayer team in Wow. You know, Christine, you are so prophetic that it's just a sign and a wonder that God has been speaking to you in other ways but not in dreams, and that is going to change. <laughs> You're prophetic as well. You know, that's what I love. God loves to change frequencies to keep you fresh. Otherwise, you get in a bit of a rut. Hey, if you're a, if you're a God dreamer, oh, Get ready. Get ready for some encounter God dreams. It's going to be like you're, it's going to be like you're in Tonga in a meeting. And you're just going to be encountering some stuff in that meeting. Who, who have we got there? Somebody just um, lay your hands on Ate if we can. Lord, we want to thank you for encounter dreams. As God gives you tasters of that which is coming. Encounter dreams. Encounter dreams like you're there and you're ministering. If you're a dreamer, why don't you stretch your hand forward. And let's just ask the Lord. You know, the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. So Jesus, we come and we ask for a God dream, unmistakably from heaven, for every person 
here in the next month. And for those that are not in the front, let there be an increase of God dreams, an increase of God dreams, an increase of God dreams for all the dreamers, for all the dreamers, for all the dreamers, thick and strong. Shobrela, Masoba, Varesha, Korinde. Roba, Shobrela.